Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Thursday edition, PFTPM. This is the day during the season. It is the joint enterprise. Chris Sims unbuttoned and PFTPM. Good afternoon. Hello. Welcome back in. Chris is zipping up his Shawshank chic Jack, you're not zipping it up. You're going unzipped. Yeah, going zipped on, or no. unzipped. Yeah, no, I can't zip this up. You're not supposed to. That's not what the cool kids do. So I got to keep it unzipped. But uh, yeah, I got. I don't know. I got a lot of compliments about my jacket on the show today. A lot of people texting me going, "I like the jacket. I like the look." And you know, too bad my host just you know continues to crap on it and say it's not cool. But all right, no big deal. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't cool. I, know, I, I didn't know. say it wasn't cool. It you just looks like you busted out. Chic. It looks like. It looks like you went through 500 yards of the foulest smelling stuff that, uh, you know, and uh, came out clean on the other side with a new jacket. I, All I, right. Yeah, I feel like that sometimes. I feel like I, you know, went through 500 yards of crap and I'm clean on the other side working with you, everything like that. I kind of feel like that. What was his well, name? Well, we went through Andy 500. Dufresne? Andy Dufresne. Right. Well done. Right. Andrew Duf- Andy Dufresne. And uh, we went through 500 yards of crap last week. We both were eight and seven straight up, which is not good. You were eight and six against the spread, which is not good. I was six and eight, which is far worse. But the good news is, best bets, I was two and one. So for the season, the most important category in my mind, yeah. the three games per week, the three bets per week on which I would wager my own money if I were to wager money, nine, two, and one, I'll take it. I'll take that's it. still what that's a, that's still strong. I've been t- I've been bragging about you to my friends and even my dad last week. He was over the house last Thursday night. I was like, man, Florio's his picks, his against the spreads. He's on fire, and you are. And and listen, the Atlanta Falcons screwed you the other night. I mean, if they just would, they could have just scored some points early on. I mean, that was gonna become a shootout. They just made it so they got beat so bad that. It never got quite into shootout mode to where really I think, you know, you, it, it's it's betting. So you get a little unlucky sometimes. But, like, really, I think the thought of that bet was really damn good. How are you beating me eight games straight up this year? Because I was eight on games fire. Four I mean, I had a few weeks where I was, like, 14-2 and two and 13-3. and three, So, you know, suck on that, Florio. Yeah, I'm beating you by eight games there. Deal with it. <laughs> All right, so since even though I won the most important category again this week, you won against the spread by two games. Yeah. So you get to drive this discussion as we go through the week five games that hopefully will be played in week five and not in week 17 or 18. Okay, let's do it. All right, so you went through it. We got a great one tonight. I mean, this is the best Thursday night game of the year so far. Uh, I'm excited for it. You've talked about it all week. Foles, Brady, everything like that. It's in Chicago, and both defenses are awesome. Nick Foles struggled last week against an awesome defense. Um, What do you think, Mike? How do you think this one plays out? I'd feel better about the pick that I'm about to make if Tom Brady's receiving core didn't look like his receiving core in New England last year where there really isn't anyone there to catch the passes. We don't know what's going to happen with Mike Evans. We don't know what's going to happen with Scotty Miller. We know that Rob Gronkowski doesn't look like the guy he used to, and 
Brady may have to rely on him. Leonard Fournette is doubtful with an ankle. Deshaun McCoy is out with an ankle. That means Ronald Jones is going to have to get it done. So other than Tom Brady, there's a lot of questions on that offense. But I still believe in the Tampa Bay offense more than I believe in the Chicago offense at this point. And I believe in the Tampa Bay defense as much as I believe in the Chicago defense. So for me, that's enough. There's something about that Tom Brady vibe. We saw them come back from 17 points down last week to beat the L.A. Chargers. I like the Bucs to find a way. This is the biggest game yet for Tom Brady, his first primetime game. The only other time he was performing before a large national audience or mostly national audience was that game against the Saints that didn't go his way. This is a chance for some atonement. I like the Bucs 24-16, to 16, which means they would cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I agree and, and like a lot of what you said. I mean, I think you broke it down really in, in, in its simplest terms. You're right. It's like you bo- have faith in both defenses. You got just more faith in the Buccaneers' offense more than anything. And I think that's what it kind of boils down to me too. Both defenses are really good. There's no question. I mean, these are top defenses in football. They can dominate certain parts of the game at times where you just go, man, it's three and out, three and out, three and out because these defenses are on fire. So I don't think moving the ball – for Tampa will be easy, and especially the way Chicago plays. They're not a team that lets you or presents you with a lot of opportunities to make big throws. They're a little bit, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, conservative on the back end. They make you execute and go on drives because they think eventually our front four or somebody will get there too to cause havoc and get you to throw an interception or a strip sack fumble or something like that will get you behind the chain. So I do think this will be a tough, close football game. Um, but I, I think I'm going with the Bucks for the same reason you are. I just think there's a little more offense there to trust. And I think ultimately the biggest thing is I don't think either team's going to be able to run the football. And I just think the Bucks, their O-line has been pass protecting pretty well. And plus with those weapons, yeah, I got more faith in Brady than I do Nick Foles, who has a bad offensive line in front of him. And then, you know, that pass rush could disrupt the game. That, to me, will be the big area. I'm going to go Bucks 20-16. to 16. If that Bucks D line dominates and really ruins the game, you're going to be right, and they're going to cover the spread. If the Bears online can just hang in there and not let them ruin the game, then I'll be right. But we'll see where that goes. That's whoa, kind whoa, of the final category. Whoa. What? I, I, I said four and a half. Oh, uh, it, yeah, it's three and a half. Three so we both went with Tampa three Bay. And a half. I'm wrong yeah. anyways. Tampa yes. Bay and the cover. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. Good. So we're both we're both on Tampa Bay. I forgot I won that by a half there with the uh, twenty to sixteen cover. But we both obviously do not expect a, a high scoring affair. Maybe we should be in the under uh, conversation when it comes to this game. But Thursday nights scare the crap out of me because it's always something weird on a Thursday night. All right. You ready for the one p.m. games? I am ready. All right. We got Carolina Panthers, a pleasant surprise in the NFL, and. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, a pleasant crap surprise in the NFL this year. Uh, Carolina coming off a win last week. Atlanta, we just talked about. Atlanta favored by one point. little surprised to hear that. Do you think Atlanta gets their first one of the year? Yeah, you know, I'm surprised to hear that as well. We have seen the Panthers play well all year long. They weren't embarrassed by the Buccaneers. They could have beaten the Raiders. They've won two in a row without Christian McCaffrey. And they're going in to take on a team that – by all appearances, is falling apart. And there's this sense that Dan Quinn could be out at any given moment. And you know what? The players rose up last year in the second half of the season, did well enough to save Dan Quinn. 
I don't know, how many years in a row right. can you go back to that well of let's go save our coach from getting fired because sooner or later he's getting fired and they're in a damn thing we can do about it. And I just feel like this spread is what it is because people who are, you know, wagering on both sides, and that's ultimately what the odds makers want, equal action on both sides, although there are exceptions to that rule. I just think that people would be more inclined to put money on the Falcons just because the Falcons are supposed to be better than this. The Falcons are supposed to be a good team. The Panthers aren't supposed to be good, and maybe people haven't paid the kind of attention to what the Panthers are doing that they should. So I like the Panthers in this one, and I like the Panthers to win this one by a convincing margin. I've got 27 to 17, which, you know, the, 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 my, my score pick doesn't matter once I pick the Panthers to win straight up since they're the underdog, but I like them to win by more than a touchdown. I like the Panthers. I like what Teddy Bridgewater's doing. I like what they're going to do in this game because they're being overlooked even as they're 2-2 two and two and a factor now in the NFC wildcard race. Uh, so yeah. give me the Panthers yeah. 27-17. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I do. I mean, uh, th- there is some things that you look at with Carolina and you go, I like it. I mean, we've – We've hit on it, even though I know I haven't been like a total believer, but weapons on offense are there. And then, yeah, the McCaffrey injury did not hurt the team like at least I expected it to. Defense, more talented than I gave it credit for, too, albeit, albeit that it's, it's young. It doesn't really matter. They're playing well. I'm going with Carolina, too. Uh, I am, and, and especially with this Atlanta team like you talked about that's got a lot of issues across the board. The defense is banged up. It stinks. The Panthers played against this exact scheme of the Chargers a few weeks ago, except this is a less, far less talented team than that Chargers defense they had to play. So they'll have all the right formulas and plays to, you know, ways to get people open is what I'm saying. I, I, I'm going to go 33-31, though, here. I'm going to go in a little bit of a high-scoring affair. I, I do think that some opportunities will present itself for this Falcons team. And I just think they're desperate and I'm going to play kind of that way to where I think this Panthers team here, the way they play, like we saw in weeks one and two with the Raiders and bucks, you know, there's, they they can give up some plays. They're going to present those opportunities. So I just think it's a little closer, but I'm going with the Panthers to win the game. I'm with you there. All right. Next one. We got the uh, Bengals and the Ravens Ravens get back on the ship, you know, in the winning direction last week, Bengals, get their first win of the Joe Burrow uh, era. Now, Baltimore favored by 13. I took Baltimore with the big spread last week, just covered. It's similar this week. It's 13 once again. You think they cover or not, Mike? Because I know you're picking them to win. Well, I am picking them to win. And remember, Joe Burrow put the game ball back in the bag, right? Still there. That hot ball is there. He wants that magic ball back in the bag. And Here's the thing that concerns me, and this is one of the realities of making these picks on a Thursday. On Wednesday, Lamar Jackson did not practice for the Ravens because of a knee injury. If by some chance Lamar Jackson doesn't play and it's RG3, oh boy, that line's going to move quickly from minus 13 to maybe minus 6, minus 5.5, something like that. Maybe not quite that far, but uh, I would feel very differently about this game if Lamar Jackson doesn't play. I think the Ravens win. I don't think they cover. They almost didn't cover last week. 13 is a lot to give to another NFL team. The Bengals right now are better than Washington. I've got Ravens 21, Bengals 13. So an eight-point margin for Baltimore to win the game. I'm going to bank on Lamar Jackson playing. I won't be surprised if the Bengals surprise the Ravens because I still think the Ravens in their post-Kryptonite funk could potentially be vulnerable. 
And I just there's something about Joe Burrow that I really, really like, and I think that that he's good enough to at least keep it within the 13-point spread, but not yet good enough to overcome a team like the Ravens. This is just another one of those, the education of Joe Burrow games, and it's going to serve him well down the road and in future years. And this Burrow-Lamar Jackson rivalry, you know, we're looking for the, the new Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, wherever we can. Burrow and Jackson for the next 10, 15 years, twice a year, maybe three times some years, that could be pretty good. Yeah, it definitely can. I mean, yeah, we're seeing Joe Burrow get better every week and the offense itself getting better every week. Um, But they haven't played anything like this. This is a different animal altogether. And we know Joe Burrow's gotten hit a lot. He's going to get hit a lot again this week. That's what I worry about. You know, I, I think he'll have his moments, certainly. But I just think this is a team in Baltimore that matches up really well with them. And then ultimately, what I worry about, too, is just the Bengals' defense. I really do. You, know, you, you can move the ball and make plays on them. You know, we saw the Browns do it. Even Jacksonville made some plays last week. We'll see where this goes. But I think this is more of one of those – I'm looking at it as one of the more of those, yeah, the Bengals kind of hang around for a little while. But I think the Ravens will pull away. And, and I'm, I'm expecting more of a pull away than I saw last week. You know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you that the Bengals are better than the Washington football team. I think it's close. I think that Washington football team is really damn good on defense. I really do. Now, the quarterback situation certainly favored the Bengals. We'll see where that goes. But either way, I'm going to go with the Ravens kind of blowing them out. I'm taking the points here. I'm going 34-17. And I'm, I'm seriously thinking as well about making this a best bet. So we'll see. Didn't you learn your lesson last week? No, what do you mean? When not... I won? When I won? No. But, yeah. but you took the Rams, given third. You barely, you barely, by one point, won the Ravens, given 13, and you lost the Rams, given 13 to the Giants. I figured you'd learn your lesson. No, I did not learn my lesson. In fact, I, I think I was, it was, it was, it was, I, I feel good about it. I really do. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine about it. I might take that one. I got it starred three times over here right now. All right. Jaguars, Texans. Houston, coaching chain, favored by six, over under at 54. Do you think Houston gets the first one of the year against Jacksonville? I think they do. This is the interim head coach artificial bump in performance. This is the shape up or we're going to be shipped out just like Bill O'Brien. No guarantee uh, that that Romeo Cornell is going to keep the job beyond this year. But for now, all they really need to do is – you know, get the players to think that if they play really hard, maybe Cornell has a chance. So I like the Texans to turn it around. I like the Texans to find a way to win. The Jaguars won week one. They have not looked good since then. I think this is one of those games where that defense of the Texans, which has been AWOL all year, wakes it up, gets it done, 27 to 20, Texans win. Okay. Yeah, I – um. I worry about Jacksonville's defense. I mean, that, that's, the, that's an issue. I mean, they're starting to, you know, break everywhere. And I, I look at that, you know, their ability to match up with the, the Texans' offense, who, yes, like you said, has is, is struggled and, and certainly hasn't been great and, and all that. But uh, it's only a matter of time, and this might be the week that it happens because Jacksonville just is not, not a real great defense. Now, I think – Jacksonville will move the ball on Houston's defense. I, I don't see how that doesn't happen. You know, again, I know this, it's been a little spotty and a little all over the place by that Jacksonville offense, but I kind of expect a high-scoring affair. And as it goes that way, I'm going to favor Deshaun Watson in that matchup. So I'm going Texas Texans 31-28 to win this football game. 
So I got Jacksonville covering the spread here, but I just I just I just don't trust that Texans defense to hold anybody to say they can win a game by more than six points. I guess that's where it really kind of bothers me. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Um, all right. Vegas, Kansas City. We got the Las Vegas Raiders playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City favored by 13. Over under at 56. I'll leave this one off, Mike, just to change it up a little bit so we don't always go in the same routine here. Um, Chiefs got to be a little disappointed with being asleep at the wheel on Monday night versus the Patriots. Now, I mean, I know that's a good Patriots team, but I also think there was a little bit of a uh, Cam Newton's not playing. We'll win this no matter what. It led to some sloppy play. I think this kind of, that'll kind of get their attention, get them back going in the right direction. Uh, the Raiders, I guess I worry about in this game a little bit, the Raiders being able to run the ball to the effect where a lot like New England did last week. Now, Chris Jones, do we know where he's at, Mike? Because that'll be a big thing for me in this football game. But, you know, the, the Patriots, who have a really good O-line in a run game, they kept Mahomes and them off the field a lot. You know, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning this football game, obviously. I'm going to make it 34-24, though, because I do think there'll be moments of the Raiders running the ball and having a few drives and getting some points. That offense is not bad, certainly, in Oakland. So I think they kind of hang around there before the Chiefs kind of, you know, pull away. I liked how David Carr, David Carr, Derek Carr put it this week that uh, it's not a rivalry right. until the Raiders actually win some games. I don't know that this is the week for the Raiders to win. I'm trying to multitask here and take a look at Chris Jones' practice participation on Wednesday. He was limited, limited with yeah. the groin injury that kept him from playing on Monday night. So that's good news. That's a sign that he's trending in the right direction. I don't think it ultimately matters against the Raiders. I think the Chiefs are clearly the better team. And, yep. you know, this would ordinarily be one of those games where maybe you could catch the Chiefs, Chiefs napping because it's not the kind of game that gets their full and complete and undivided focus at all times. And this is a big game. And, yep. you know, it's Lamar Jackson. It's Cam Newton. It's some star 
team star player that we've got to be locked in for. But because they had that game on Monday night, because it didn't go the way that they would have liked, even though they won 26 to 10, it didn't feel like that kind of a win. I think this is a game where the Chiefs are dialed in. They're locked in. 38 to 20. They're going to reestablish themselves, get to 5 and 0, and the Raiders are going to be still left to wonder what happened to their 2 and 0 start because it's going to go from 2 and 0 to 2 and 3. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And you know, and again, last week we saw the Bills throw the ball on the Raiders, right? The the Raiders they they their front seven is just not good. So they're really in a predicament. And like we ta- I think we talked about this earlier in the week. It forces them to have to play man a lot. They got some good young rookie corners and, I mean, some good young secondary football players. But playing man-to-man against the Kansas City Chiefs on an every, every play basis is not a good formula for winning. So you, you could be right there, I mean, with that 38-20 score. I wouldn't be shocked to see that either way. Uh, that run game, like I said, of the Raiders kind of scares me just as far as the spread's concerned. All right, Arizona, they came off a stinker last week with the Carolina Panthers. The Jets have had four stinkers. We know that, but at least they were competitive last Thursday night against the Broncos. Uh, Cardinals are favored by seven. We got Joe Flacco starting. We got an over-under of 47 points. Mike, do you think the Jets can keep this close with Flacco at quarterback? I I don't really know that they can. Look, I think that Cliff Kingsbury, uh, I've been disappointed by the offense the past couple of weeks, disappointed yeah. by Kyler Murray's performance, but but I think this is a get-right game for the Cardinals after starting 2-0, and losing two in a row. Whether it's Joe Flacco, Sam Darnold, Joe Namath, I don't care. There's not enough around the quarterback to make a difference. So I think that the Cardinals will go in to MetLife Stadium. They'll get the victory. They should get it fairly easily. They are giving seven. I've got it 28 to 20, so I'm right on the cusp. I'll take the Cardinals to win and to cover, but I don't expect a a blowout, but I do expect that the Cardinals should be able to handle the Jets without a major problem, which they need after losing to the Lions and losing to the Panthers. They need to get a win or they're going to fade quickly, not just in the division, they're going to fade in the wild card chase if they don't turn this thing around soon. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I, the Cardinals are one of those teams. They're hard to figure out. They really are. I thought I had a feel for them even after they lost to Detroit, but obviously I was wrong there. And I think I thought I, I thought I saw some concerning things about them when I watched them on film last week, Mike. To where, you know, Carolina might have showed a little bit of a blueprint on what to do and how to stop the Arizona Cardinals offense to a degree. They really so? they they really did a great job of, you know, playing certain areas in zone zone coverage where they played areas, not necessarily the players of the play. I think they I think there's some tendencies in that Carolina I mean in that Arizona offense, you know, where you've heard me say this about Sean McDermott before, where, you know, the the, the Arizona's calling pass plays and Carolina just somehow had everybody drop right into the area where they're trying to throw it. And then they did a really good job of taking away, like, the screens and the short passing game. That's where Arizona kind of uses their, we don't have a run game, here's a screen, get five yards. Here's a short pass, get five yards. It keeps them in second and four and second and three and those things to now where they kind of got you to where, ooh, they might throw it short to get the first down, or now you're going to play man-to-man, they might take a shot. Oh, you're trying to play a big shell defense. Oh, quarterback draw or run up the middle with Kenyon Drake as we're spread out. I think Greg Williams is going to have them broken down. I have no reason for this. Obviously, the Jets are the worst team. I'm picking the Cardinals to win, but I'm only going 19-16 here. I think with the extra time, the Jets being, you know, 
pissed off that they're 0-4, and I'm going to bet on Greg Williams having a good hold on this Kingsbury offense to where they make this game interesting. They lose, but they're a pain in the butt and hanging around. You mentioned that running game, and we've talked about this in the past. You can't constantly run out of shotgun. No. At some point, you've got to give your running back a chance to get ahead of steam. Instead of starting flat-footed when he gets the ball, let him get a couple of steps so he can hit the hole and blast through it. I mean, it's okay sometimes. It's okay if you're selling that you're going to pass the ball and then you run it. But if you're in that formation every time exactly, you run – it, you, you, you lose any element of surprise that comes from handing it off when we otherwise think there's a chance you're going to throw it. That, that's what's scary about them. That, that's exactly what I mean. It's just it's too much of the same look always. There's not enough variations of making the defenses think. You know, I saw a few plays here and there to start the year where I went, oh, okay, Cliff Kingsbury's got a little something, but there's just not enough. There needs to be more. Because there's going to be certain teams and certain coaches who know how to break down when you just do this one thing all the time. And you got to have something else you can go to. And I don't know if they do. And that's what's concerning. And I think your point's very real. All right. You want to go to the Battle of Pennsylvania, baby? Here we go. We got the Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of their fake bye week last week because they got screwed over by the Tennessee Titans. Pittsburgh is favored by seven, over under at 43 and a half. Wentz versus the Steelers defense. Will he turn it over and do something stupid? I don't know. You tell me, Mike Florio. Well, look, here's the thing. The Steelers have won three games this year. They have not won any of them convincingly, even though the margin in the week one game was 10 points. They, they, were in danger of losing to the Giants late in the third quarter until Bud Dupree forced the throw that went up into the air and Cam Hayward caught it, and that turned things around for the Steelers. They could have lost to the Broncos. They could have lost to the Texans. I don't know how good they are. Yeah. But now that they've had some extra time, and even though it was a bye week, it wasn't a bye week. It was like two weeks to get ready for their next game because they practiced all week. So, you know, they didn't take time off like they ordinarily would have. Ben Roethlisberger, we played sound on PFT Live on Thursday morning. He He's a little salty about what happened, and I think that saltiness is going to come through, and I think this is the opportunity for the Steelers to finally have the outcome that the score reflects it, the game reflects it, wire to wire, Steelers are better than the Eagles. You know, yeah. every so often, both teams are good at the same time, and we think maybe we're going to get an all-Pennsylvania Super Bowl, and obviously it's never happened. It's not going to happen this year, but – I think the Steelers will make make easy work of this one, 30 to 17, and and that offense will look better than it has all year for Pittsburgh. I um I I, I teetered back and forth with this too, to where I mean I got the Steelers winning too, and I'm going Steelers 28-20, but there was a thought in my mind to kind of like what you said, like this could be the week they win 34-17 or something like that. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I like the fact that they didn't play a game last week, but yet they still practice. You know, for a Big Ben who's just getting back in the swing of things, no training camp, a defense that's very complicated and has a lot of rules, I bet you that week and a little bit of the self-scouting and self-evaluating themselves probably helped their football team. I'm going Steelers 28-20 really for this reason. I clearly, like you said, I think they're the better football team in just about all areas. Only thing I'm, I, I, I guess I worry about, the Eagles have a really good short passing game. And the Steelers don't play man-to-man. So you can pick it apart a little bit with these zone concepts and do that way. And Wentz and the Eagles are kind of good at that. 
I'm going to bet that they are able to kind of pull that off and hang around. And that's why I'm only going Steelers uh, 28-20, but think they're clearly the better team. And Wentz could make two bonehead mistakes in this game be 40-17, to too. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. All right. Now here's the game we don't know. COVID-19 has infiltrated this football game and the Tennessee Titans in a major way. Buffalo favored by one at Tennessee. We don't know what's going to happen here. I don't think we're going to pick this as a best bet for either one of us, right, because we're not even sure they're going to play. And um, go ahead, Mike. What do you, could the do you, best bet be that they don't play? Could that be one of the best that, bets? That'd be kind of that'd be kind of funny. You could put a put a put a bet down, a wager. <laughs> um, I, look, I like the Bills in this one for a variety of reasons. They are the better team. The Titans are three and zero. They have barely won each of their games. They yeah. won by a a total of six points, and they're going to be down at least eleven guys for this one. And the team just feels like it's in disarray right now. They're, they're bracing for major penalties. The, 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 the front office and the coaching staff distracted with NFL and NFLPA investigations. I think the Titans should want to not play this game. I think they, they still need to regroup after everything that's gone on. And one quick point. There's talk of a forfeit potentially, and the NFL hasn't decided what to do. Oh, is One there, though? big reason. Is there a talk? Yeah. yeah. No, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's this smattering of it's a possibility. Here's a reason to not forfeit. I looked at the agreement that was struck between the NFL and the NFLPA. If there's a forfeit, I think the players still get paid, which means they ain't going to forfeit the game. They're going to they're gonna postpone it. And uh, they're already talking about maybe Monday or Tuesday and moving Bill's Chiefs to the, to the weekend instead of Thursday night. I don't know that that works either. But uh, if the game is played in week five, uh, I assume that this prediction won't hold for week 17 or 18 if it's moved. If it is played in week five, I like the Bills 30 to 17. All right. Yep. I like the Bills too. You know, the Titans defense lets up way too many big plays, and this is arguably the biggest play offense in football. You know, they, the, the Titans play man-to-man coverage sometimes. Like, they think they got the Patriots secondary or, like, you know, one of the, the Legion of Boom. And I want to be like, no, you don't have that. Stop putting your guys in that position. This is the seventh time this game they've gotten burned. What do you keep thinking they're going to – like, why do you think the result will change? So uh, that's a bad formula against the Bills. And like you said, they haven't played and all of that. The one thing I do look at, I guess that would worry me, but it worries me less because you don't get to practice, is the Bills have had issues stopping the run game. And, you know, the Titans, of course, we know can run the ball. And converse like off of that, conversely off that, I don't even know if I'm using that right, are, are, are able to really use the play-action pass and gash people with big plays in the pass game too. So I'm going to go that they make some plays too. I'm going to go Bills 31-27. I don't know why. I just think the Titans will be able to make some plays with the way the Bills are playing right now, lack of a pass rush and not doing a great job of stopping the run, but do pick the Bills all the way. I hope that game plays. I really do. All right, Rams versus the football team. Rams versus the football team. Rams favored by seven, going across the country. Um, over under at 45. No Dwayne Haskins. We got Kyle Allen. What do you see, Mike? I see a victory for the Rams. I see a long day for Kyle Allen and Washington. Maybe even we see Alex Smith at some point. I, I don't think we see him this week. Maybe it would be the next game. I like the Rams 31-17. to 17. They, they can run the ball. They can throw the ball. And I'm just not sure what Washington is right now, other than not as good as they looked in week one against Philadelphia. No, I, I, I get that. I'm expecting a bump from Kyle Allen this week, though. I think you're going to see – I think you will see a better offense. And, hey, again, I'll say it again. Washington's defense is real. They are real. And I do think that the offense being a little bit better could help them out. Plus, I, I, you know, the, the Giants showed 
some ways you could slow down that Rams offense. And I just think Washington will be able to stop that running game and boot game to where, yeah, their Rams aren't going to be able to go to their you know usual bag of trips. I think this game's going to be close. I do. I think that that because the Rams don't do a ton on defense and they play pretty simple and the Washington football team has a decent old line to where I don't think Aaron Donald's going to ruin this game. I'm going to pick the Rams in a close one, 20 to 17. I, I do. I, I'm just, I'm feeling it, the matchup the right way. We'll see where it goes. All right, let's take a quick break. When we return, we will pivot to the late Sunday games. It's the joint collaboration of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. We'll be back right after this. There's your lineup every day on Peacock, beginning with PFT Live at 7 a.m. Eastern. Dan Patrick Show, Rich Eisen Show, Brother from Another, and then wrapping the day with this program, PFTPM, every Thursday during the season. It's PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned as we go over the various games of the week. Our picks, both straight up and against the spread. All spreads and odds provided by PointsBet, the official sports betting partner of NBC Sports. All right, Chris, since you won last week, you're leading the way today. Take us through the 4 p.m. Eastern games for the fifth Sunday of the season. All right. Well, we got Miami at San Francisco to, to kick it off with these 4 o'clock games, 4.05 uh, East Coast time. 49ers favored by 8.5, clearly the better team. The quarterback situation, we're still not sure about where, where that's going to be. I don't think we're going to see Nick Mullins, right? It's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo if healthy. If not, I think you'll see C.J. Beathard. But um, – I don't know, man. I have a hard time with this one. I'm picking the 49ers to win, but I don't know how much I feel about them being able to win by more than eight and a half, especially when I don't know the quarterback situation. That's kind of my thought on it. What about you, Mike? I think we got a better chance of seeing you play quarterback for the 49ers than Nick Mullins on Sunday <laughs> night. That's how sure I am it's not going to be Mullins. The question is, will it be Jimmy G? Will it be C.J. Beathard? And look, the Dolphins have not been horrible. No. And every time you write off the Dolphins is when the Dolphins sneak up and bite you in the ass. Right. So I'm splitting the baby on this one. The spread's too big for me to this say the 49ers too. are going to cover it. Yeah. Right. So I, I got I got 22 to 19. I decided to go with an oddball score just for craps and giggles. 22-19. 49ers either win it with a late field goal or hold on to a 10-point lead with a garbage time touchdown. But 49ers win by three. Dolphins don't get blown off the field, and we see whether it's Beathard, whether it's Garoppolo. I still think the 49ers have some work to do to get back to being the team we thought they were after they made quick work of the Jets and the Giants. That's right. Uh, I, I look at it the same way. I mean, first off, these are you know two of my favorite coaches in football, and Brian Flores is almost uh, you know in a lot of ways a young up and coming star for my mind as far as a head coach, but through the defensive side of the ball, I don't think he's going to let some of the normal Shanahan tricks you know, get off on him and his defense. And, you know, the defense, the, the, the teams you've seen them struggle a little with on their defensive side of the ball this year have been teams with, you know, big-time quarterbacks and big-time passing attacks, right? Like last week, Seattle or Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, and they kept that game close. But that's not the same. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo, the passing attack for the 49ers is not good enough to be like that. They're not like that. They are run-based that way, and I have a hard time thinking that they're going to get off in the run game against the Brian Flores defense, especially with the ability for them to cover man-to-man on the outside and add more people in the box to stop the bootlegs and the play actions and all that. And like, you've, you know, like you said, Miami hangs around. They make plays on the offensive side of the ball. 
You know, so I'm going with the the 49ers to win 27-21. You know, whether it's a blowout or not comes down to one thing. You know, it could be 22-19, 27-21 if Fitzpatrick doesn't become Fitz tragic. That's that's all it comes down to. But he could also be Fitz tragic and they lose, you know, 38 to 19 because he threw a pick six and another interception when they were backed up. And there you go. Well, the Dolphins kind of played close, but they got killed. Why? Well, that is why. So that's what's scary, and I wouldn't bet on that. Uh, I can't do it. So here's one of my favorites. of Favorite games of the week, Colts-Browns in Cleveland. Colts favored by one and a half. I'm on the Colts bandwagon right now, as you could probably tell for the last few days of us on the show. Um, Browns, though, looking better, certainly. Over under at 46. Do you think the Browns can beat the Colts this weekend? I really regret last week not making the Colts over the Bears my best bet. I was stuck on the third when I went with the over in the Monday night game, and I'm kicking myself still for that. So that feeling is influencing my take on this week's games. The Colts are better than I thought. They looked not very good week one against the Jaguars. Amazing. The Jaguars beat them week one. The Jaguars are winless since then. The Colts are undefeated since then. But the Colts' defense is awesome. I think not having Nick Chubb will be a difference. Even though it wasn't last week against the Cowboys, they had 307 yards rushing, and Chubb had 43 of them before he was hurt. This isn't the Cowboys they're facing. That's right. This isn't a team that's going to lollygag and loaf when Odo Beckham Jr. is running through them for a 50-yard game clip right. touchdown. It's just not going to happen. So, I look, I, I like where the Browns are. I like where they're heading. But they're heading into a buzzsaw this weekend against the Colts and next weekend against the Steelers. I actually think they have a better chance to beat the Steelers than they do the Colts. I like the Colts in this one, 20-17. to 17. That means they cover the one-and-a-half-point spread. But uh, And, you know, the spread's so thin. I mean, what, what's one-and-a-half, right? Of course, watch. The Colts will win by one. But I like the Colts 20-17 to 17 by a field goal. Should be a great game. Should see some great defense. And, uh, and there's reason to believe. I think Browns fans, after this one, even if they lose, we'll feel better about their team moving forward. Yeah, well, they should. I mean, there's things to like, certainly. I don't think they're ready for Colts. the Colts, though. I don't think they're on that level yet. To like what you said, I'm a, I'm a believer in the Colts. I really am. And um, I think this is, without a doubt, uh, well, the Ravens, I'm not going to say that, but definitely one of the more complete teams the Browns have played this year. I think it's a bad matchup for the Browns. The Browns who want to play through that run game and everything like that, they're not going to be able to run on this Colts defense. This Colts defense is the best defense in football. The linebackers are awesome. Waves of people on the defensive line. Secondary has been a pleasant surprise there, too. That was always my question. And, you know, they play that Seattle scheme, right, Mike, that you hear me complain about at times. Eberflus Eberflus has done the defensive coordinator for the Colts. He's done a good job. There's wrinkles in that scheme. So it's not the same look all the time to me where it's enough curveballs to go, no, you're not going to feel that comfortable that it's going to be the same look all the time. I'm going with the Colts to win this like convincingly. I'm going to go 28 to 17. I am. You wow. know, I, I worry about wow. that Browns defense too. And this Colts offense is balanced. They have people to block Miles Garrett. And I am. I think the Colts are turning into one of those teams to say, watch out for. I think they're one of the better teams in football. This will be my bet, one of my best bets this week. I can promise you that. One of the things about Eberflus, Tony Dungy made this point on Football Pod in America this week. Eberflus, like Rod Marinelli, will keep track of all the loafing oh. that is done. And, 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 and there isn't any loafing 
done by the Colts defense because of it. No, that is, uh, I got that in Tampa Bay, and I've seen Rod Marinelli and that coaching staff do that. That is what it's all about. And if you don't, it's like the 49ers, which is the same you know, scheme and everything. It's like if you don't run through the wall, when I say run through the wall, we'll find somebody else. So you're going to run through the wall? Yes, coach. Roar, and that's how they play. They play like their butts are on fire every What's week. What's that sound they make? Roar! What's that sound? Roar! <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Giants at Cowboys. Giants are offensively challenged. Defense can be a pain in the butt. Cowboys favored by nine and a half. Have no defense at all. Over under 54. It's in Dallas. Mike, go ahead. Let me go out on a limb here and say if the Cowboys lose this game, Woo! Mike is getting fired. Not Mike McCarthy. Mike Nolan. If they lose this game, I predict Mike Nolan is out as the defensive coordinator. Wow. And they'll find somebody to run something that better suits the skills and abilities of the defense they built for a different coordinator and a different system. Right. But if they, this is the ultimate embarrassment for Jerry Jones. Like I said, we said this during PFT Live. Every time the Cowboys play, Jason Garrett's name is trending on Twitter because all those Cowboys fans are having remorse now that Garrett's gone because – Mike McCarthy so far has been worse than Garrett was. So the Cowboys need to get locked in and loaded up, and they need to go out and they need to prove a point. And it's not going to be close. I think the Cowboys are going to win this because this is one where Jerry Jones is going to visit the locker room, even if he's got you know a hazmat suit on, and he's going to make sure these guys understand that they're not screwing around here. You know, we Okay, fine, we've had some rough games so far this season. This is a big one. Even though the Giants are winless, this is a game we have to win, and we have to win it convincingly because we have to prove that we are better off without Jason Garrett. It's that simple. And I think they're talented enough to do it, and I think the message is going to be sent loudly and clearly to everyone. they got to go out there and kick the Giants' ass this week. 38-20 to 20 is the score I have. I think they'll do it. I think they cover. And if they don't, it's going to be an interesting week in Dallas. Well, yeah, it will be. I mean, the, the defense is the big question. I mean, I don't have any doubt like you where the offense is going to move the ball uh, they're they're going to make plays. It's a Giants defense that is not great. Uh, they can give be a pain in the butt if you're a run first type football team, but this is not a run first type football team. And that and then they don't have a great pass rusher either. That worries me when you're playing the Dallas Cowboys, who you know are as talented as anybody there is in football when it comes to passing the ball. And you know the big thing is I do think the Giants will be able to move the ball better than they have against this crappy Cowboys defense, but. I still just don't know if they'll be able to do enough there. I mean, I'm not buying into that. So I'm going Cowboys 31-21. I got them covering the spread and everything like that. But, you know, just I, I just I got to see that defense have a few stops before I can say they're going to just blow some team away and do all of that. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if yours 38-20 was right either. But I cer- certainly see the Cowboys winning the football game kind of convincingly like you do. All right. Broncos, Patriots, we hope they play. It seems like they're going to. I don't know. We're going to find out probably later today on ProFootballTalk.com if you want to find any of the new information that's out there. Visit there. There'll be some good copy-paste, copy-paste, snarky comment information to be read. Now, Patriots, uh, it's over under at 48.5. Patriots favored by 8, you know, and we don't know what Cam Newton is doing yet. So uh, I know you got the Patriots winning. I do too. How much, what, I don't know what happens there without Cam Newton. And this is one where it's off the board for points bet and plenty of other sports books. It was an 11-point margin before the news of Stephon Gilmore's positive. Gilmore most likely will not be available. You need five days of if you're asymptomatic, and then you need at least two negative tests 24 hours or more apart. 
So they're not going to have Gilmore. Even if they have Newton, even if they play, I, look, I, I like the Patriots in this one, 31 to 17, but I don't know how strongly I feel about it. The Broncos aren't good. I just don't know how much disarray what's happened over the last week or so will cause in New England. And uh, we just hold our breath and hope that there aren't any more positives and hope that they can play the game. But not in the building yesterday, not in the building today, coming off of the short week. How much practice are they going to get in? I'd be very nervous about them. If this one had a line, I'm not sure I'd mess with it. Yeah. But I'll go Patriots 31-17 just because the Broncos – aren't very good right now yeah I'm with I'm doing the same thing I'm gonna go uh Pat Patriots 27 14 you know even without Stephon Gilmore this will still be one of the best secondaries Denver faces all year long and yeah it's not great on offense and we know they got injuries over there on Denver's offense and things like that too so I look at that and then hey the Patriots I, I expect it to be Jared Stidham if Cam Newton can't play and the Broncos defense is nothing to write home about in either right now and the Patriots' run game is arguably the best run game in football. So uh, with that, I don't care who plays quarterback. I'm still going them 27-14. And now you got to take us to break, big guy. All right. Quick break. When we come back, the primetime games and our best bets. And we'll get started with Sunday night, Seahawks against the Vikings. And Chris may be blowing the horn. PFTPM and Chris button right after this. BFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned every Thursday during football season, the Joint Mega Picks podcast, prime time and best bets in the final segment, Sunday Night Football in Seattle. The stadium will not be a rockin', but we will still go a knockin' to watch the Vikings and the Seahawks play. Mike Zimmer has never beaten. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm encroaching on your turf here. I'm all excited for go this Go ahead, game. do it. You're the one that's You're supposed good. to be leading us through it. I like, Mike Zimmer team. has never beaten the Seahawks, ever Ever, ever, ever beaten the Seahawks. Chris, what happens on Sunday night? The Seahawks with no fans present, seven-point favorite, undefeated. Can they beat the Vikings, and can they cover the spread? Um, I will say yes and yes to that answer, okay, or that question. And sorry, Mike Zimmer, you will not be getting your first win against the Seattle uh, Seahawks uh, this weekend. That's not happening. Yeah, I mean, not a great pass rush. You know, nothing great on the Vikings' defensive side of the ball against the best on-fire quarterback in the game right now with a passing attack that's scary and a team that can still run the ball. So they can do it all on offense. That's not good. Now, I do think the Vikings will move the ball on, on Seattle, too. There's, there's no question. I just don't have as much faith as them to consistently keep up and do that. You know, Seattle is going to have to respect that run game. It is going to leave one-on-ones with Jefferson and Thielen on the outside, and we know Seattle is not very good at covering on the outside. So that'll be an issue, but I'm still going Seahawks 38-28. I think Seattle will do what they always do. Shootout, the defense will make one, in, one or two plays to give them the advantage to win that shootout, and that'll be that. Yeah, I agree with you on everything you're saying. I just don't think they're going to cover the spread. If fans were there, I would say they'd cover the spread, and maybe the spread would be more than seven points. But I, I think that the, the Seahawks defense, and it's already looking like no Jamal Adams. I think it was reported yesterday, yeah, no Jamal out, Adams this week. So that, right. makes, yeah, that makes it easier for the Vikings. The question is, can they at least get a little bit of a run game so Kirk Cousins can operate the passing game? Because we know what happens when they can't run. He can't throw. Unless they come out, just throw, 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 throw right out of the gates and don't even try to run or pass to set up the run instead of run to set up the pass. Justin Jefferson is quickly becoming a star. 
Adam Thielen is still Adam Thielen. I like this one. Seahawks 34-31. Thread the needle. It's not a, a narrow needle. It's a seven-point spread. I think the Vikings cover, but I don't think the Vikings win. Yeah, I mean, I can't make it a best bet. Not, not. I'm with you there, too, just because of like what you just said. Yeah, I'm not going to pick that Seattle defense to win anything more by more than seven. I mean, they could be up by 17 with three minutes left, and the game still end up being a three-point uh, three game. So, I'm not. I'm with you there. All right, Monday night. It's the battle of Breeze, baby. It's the Chargers. It's the Saints. Might be the last time Drew Breeze plays the Chargers. I would bet yes because that'll be four years from now when they do it again. Saints favored by eight. Over under at fifty and a half. Saints got it on track this week, Mike. Do they keep it going? Yeah, I think they do. Look, the Chargers are better than a one and three team, but they've not had an easy schedule to start the season. Justin Herbert has looked good. But, you know, he's made some mistakes in, in inopportune times, like the interception he threw on the final drive last week when it was 38-31. I like how they built the lead last week. I don't like how they squandered an opportunity for the Buccaneers to score a touchdown at the end of the half. I just think the, the Saints are focused and determined and motivated. They're not going to Indianapolis after all, which, which creates less of a distraction for the, for the New Orleans Saints. I, I like them to win this one 38-24. to uh, I don't know if it's going to be a best bet, but I do think the Saints are two touchdowns better at home against the Chargers who are still finding their way. Yeah, I, I, I think the Saints, I mean, yeah, you said it. They're clearly the better football team. Um, the the Chargers defense showed that, you know, you can make plays on it. And this, this Saints offense, I think, found its way a little last week, especially because they played through the run game. You know, they're one of those teams, again, I just look at them and go, no, it's one of the five best O-lines in football. That damn tailback's really good. That's the best thing they got going on their offense. Run the ball, and then you'll see Drew Brees hit the 15- and 20-yard completions that you saw him hit last week that make their offense more dangerous. And the other thing is that it's just the opposite. with the Like, the Chargers can't run the ball at all. I mean, they have to rely on Justin Herbert to carry the team. You know, I thought they were going to run the ball and play defense and control the clock. Well, it's, it's nice to talk about playing that way, but you've got to be able to run the ball, and they can't. So, you know, I, I'm going uh, Saints 27-17 to win the football game, too. Yeah, it might be more than that, but I feel clear, you know, clear that the Saints win this and, and win it you know, somewhat easy or convincingly. All right, best bets time, Christopher. All right. Well, I said it. I mean, my bet of the week, if I had to pick one, is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. That's the one I'm going with. Only favored by one and a half. I think it's a bad matchup for the Browns. I think the Colts are a a really well-rounded football team in all areas, and it's the best defense in football. I'm going Colts 28-17, and that's my bet, first best bet of the week, the one I like the most. I hate to copy you on this, but I did have the Colts typed in before you made it clear when you explained your pick and you had like a 10-point margin or something like that. I already had the Colts down, so I've got the Colts as well. I like it when we have different across the board, but I agree with you. The Browns are better than they've been in a long time, but they're not ready yet to beat the Colts. I've got that 20-17 to score, so uh, that's my first one. Yep, okay. All right, now I'm going back to the well again for my second one, Mike. I'm riding those points with the Ravens. I am. I'm doing it again. I just squeaked by last week. I hope I can squeak by one more time. 13. Joe Burrow. Joe hey. Burrow. Yeah, you'll be, Joe yeah, Burrow. I bet. Joe you'll Burrow. be rooting for Joe big time on uh, Sunday. Get that magic football. <laughs> yeah, get that ball out. But I'm, I got the Ravens winning 34-17. I do think the Bengals hang around. I just think there's too much on that Ravens side for the, the Bengals to hang around too long. All right, I'm going to go with the team that screwed you last week, the L.A. Rams, not covering against the Giants. It's only seven this week against Washington. I think the Rams cover it. Yeah, they're flying across the country. That's fine. They're fine. They'll be okay. 
They'll come, they'll come across the country. Sean McVay, you know, we, we always talk about how Kyle Shanahan likes to stick it to Washington a little bit. Well, <laughs> Sean McVay's gone through the dysfunction there, too. He yeah. knows a little bit about it. He's just not going to say anything about it. Kyle will. He won't. I like the Rams to cover the seven-point spread against Washington. I get you. I, they'll, they'll be ready to go. It won't be an East Coast-West thing if they you know fall asleep at the wheel there. The Rams are always ready to play, and they kicked the crap out of the Eagles in a 1 o'clock uh, Eastern time game just a few weeks ago. So I, I'm with you there. All right. I've had a hard time with my third one. You know, full transparency, I'm not going to lie, thought about the football team covering that spread against the Rams. I worry about that a little. Thought about the Viking Seahawks over, but I'm going to go to tonight. I'm going on the under tonight. You know, that football game there, I just think this will be a little bit more of a defensive struggle than what, you know, uh, you know the, the, the experts in Vegas think. Uh, 44 and a half. I think this is a 20 to 16 game pointer at a premium. I'm going to go with the under. All right. Last one for me. I was torn between the Cowboys and the chiefs and you throw in that, that urgency to beat Jason Garrett and the strength with which Jerry Jones will communicate that message to everyone in the organization. I like the Cowboys to cover the spread against the New York football giants and send them to 0-5 and, and send the Cowboys to 2-3. and three. And that sends us out the door, Christopher. Well done yet again. Here's hoping your best bets all screw you, except for the Colts, since that's one of mine. Everybody enjoy the games. We'll see you Friday for PFT PM and earlier in the day for PFT Live. Have a great evening. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.